Hi, I'm Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Here I talk with my guests about their life experiences as well as current and long-term goals and what gets them through the ups and downs. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, and if you don't already, follow my Instagram account at jparkerfitlife for actionable tips daily to live a healthier lifestyle. Enjoy the show. Hi, guys. This is Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Today on the show, I have my mom and dad for an episode about some career advice that they have for people in their 20s, people just starting out their careers. I think that something I've learned is that it's very valuable to take advice from people that have been in your shoes before. And I think that as myself and a lot of the people in my peer group try to navigate um, post-college life and beginning careers, that that's something that's very useful. And so they're on either side of me right now, so I'll let them both let them uh, both give an introduction about what they've done in their careers and just who they are a little bit. Hi, I'm Bob Parker. I'm Jake's dad. I've been a practicing lawyer in a little town called Hastings, Nebraska, a town of about 20,000 people. I think I've been here about 27 years now. Hi, I'm Julie Parker, Jake's mom. I am a kindergarten teacher currently, and I've been, I just celebrated my 30th year of teaching at the end of the school year. Mm -hmm. All right, so just to start out, what do you think is something that, um, if you could go back and tell yourself when you were very first starting out your career, what would it be? Something that I would go back and tell myself is to take it slow. Um, take it slow. Your career is long and um, there's plenty of time to speed things up. Take it slow and always learn. Always read. Always be around people who are interesting. Um, learn to build your career through uh, education, whether it's going back to school or just reading. Being involved. Be involved in your community. Be around positive people. Um, but I think mostly is just to slow down and enjoy your career. Mm -hmm. And so what have been the biggest challenges, especially starting out? Probably moving to a small town in 1991 and not knowing a soul. That was really a challenge. And so what I did is I got involved in my community. Uh, and my wife yeah. and I both got involved in the community. And we've been in service groups. I've been on boards. And I think it's really important to put yourself out there. My wife and I are both very social and very active in our community, and I would encourage young people to get out there and be on boards, volunteer. Mm -hmm. The more people you know, the better. And of course now, having been in this community 28 years now, we know a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really important that you said there, just getting out and joining groups and volunteering. And I think it could be anything from, you probably should have different dynamics where some are groups that you enjoy, like you said, like a golf league, a league of some sort, but also something where you make sure that you're volunteering and giving back to something that you care about, like youth is a popular one or homeless, you know, underprivileged people that are impoverished, anything like that. Being part of your community is a big part of your work career. I don't know that um, our work careers could be fulfilling if we weren't part of our community. You, you kind of both hinted at the fact that I think that you've both partly found people that would that you might call your mentors, and you talked a lot about making connections. You can find mentors all around you. Um, 
stick to the positive people in your life, find those people who are hardworking and innovative and creative and those people who never stop learning. Mm -hmm. I think something that's kind of an interesting difference to me is like, I look to a lot of role models and mentors as people that whose content I can check out online. And that's interesting how big of a difference that is because when you guys were starting out your careers, all of your mentors had to be people that you know in person, but now there's so much more of an opportunity to, if there's a, not necessarily a famous person, but someone who's, you know, in some sort of way has, you know, content out there, I suppose, or a message that they're spreading, you don't necessarily have to know them or even be in the same proximity as them. And so I think it's one, that's one of the advantages of the internet. We, we always talk about how there's a lot of detriments to the internet, which there is, but I think there's a lot of positives too. Um, yeah. And so going off that, how, how do you think, how, what advice would you give to someone to go about building their network? How did you build your network and how have you seen other people do that effectively? I think part of networking is saying yes um, when you're asked to volunteer in your workplace or outside your workplace say yes that's how you're going to meet people that's how you're going to grow um, as a learner as an educator as a as a um, community member that's how you're going to meet people is to say yes when I say get out there find what you like the more people you meet, the more opportunities you have. Yeah, I think that the thing that I notice most about what you guys are saying there is the thing that I try to carry into my relationships is always trying to give more than I take because I think that people are really notice that. And in the end, it's almost sort of paradoxical because when you start to give more than you take, then eventually I think you receive, you know, it kind of turns around where you receive more than you're given just because people learn to respect you and find that you have high values, I, I suppose. That is so true, Jake. And I resonate that. My close network of friends are very generous, very giving. And I try to, of course, be more generous in giving than them. But it seems like they oftentimes get ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have any clarifying moments or big realizations that kind of maybe like tied together a few extraneous uh, points or pieces of advice or insights? Or either that or just kind of really helped you just sort of made everything easier and made everything just make sense, something like that. I think the difference between Bob and I having been in our careers for so long and somebody like you, Jake, who's just starting out, is we have the benefit of um, experience. We have the benefit of having been in, in our careers in the same place for so long. Mm -hmm. I've been at my school for 24 years now and Bob's been in his same practice, his same office for longer than that. So I think the difference between us and the clarity we gain and younger people and the, I hate to say lack of clarity, is that we um, stay in our jobs and can and get the opportunity or have the opportunity to, to look back and see which defines that clarity, whereas Younger people, I believe, move on too quickly and don't mm -hmm. take the time to build relationships and stay in that culture, create their own culture. Mm -hmm. And that clarity just isn't there if you don't allow the time yeah. to happen. Another dichotomy between like people that are in your generation compared to my generation is there's so many more career paths and opportunities available. I think that you can almost, it's very easy to enter 
paralysis by analysis where you say, oh, I, I have these 10 different routes I could take. I don't know which one to take. One thing that concerns me when you, you might remind me, Jake, with the younger generation is lack of commitment to a job. It seems like mom and I, of course, have been doing the same thing, same place for 30 years. I think you find with the younger generation, they might work someplace for six months and go somewhere else for six months. I would encourage people if they find something they like to give it, give it their all and, and commit to it. And an employer can see whether you are committed to your job or not, and you're going to be a long-term part of the picture. Mm-hmm. And in, in the world of education, we talk a lot about relationships. And relationships take time to build. And I think that that's what makes a strong um, workplace is strong relationships. Mm-hmm. So what, what was it like going from essentially seeing the introduction of technology from, you know, a very baseline, very uh, elementary level to what it is now? And how has that affected both of you guys? I mean, you've essentially gone from when you were entering your careers, what would you say was the newest technology? Like, I don't even know. We have a lot of distractions out there these days and they're unavoidable. When I started practicing law in 1989, we didn't even have a fax machine. We didn't have computers. Email. Email. We didn't have email. Uh, We didn't have a fax machine. All we had was a telephone. Uh, And people, when they wanted to get a hold of you, had to leave a paper message at the office and your receptionist would write down the person's name and phone number. And when you got back to the office, you would call them. Now, unfortunately, when I'm working at the office, I'm talking on my office phone, my cell phone's ringing, I'm getting new emails, I'm getting new texts, and of course, as a person who the family knows is self-professed, somewhat ADD, uh, it makes it hard to focus. And so I have to somewhere at times go to a quiet place where I don't have my cell phone, where I don't have an email, where I don't have the internet to try to focus on something and get it done. Uh, There are constant distractions. I mean, Faxes are kind of going away, but some dated people are still sending me faxes. But you've got faxes, you've got email, you've got internet, you've got cell phone, you've got voicemail at the office and on your cell phone. And at times that can be very distracting. Mm -hmm. At times it can be, but in the world of education, technology has greatly um, increased our productivity, I believe, and um, our knowledge base. And I love technology. I started out in a world where we were still <laughs> copying worksheets on purple um, mimeograph. mimeograph machines. So technology's come a long way. It's, it's, we have the world at our fingertips. Unfortunately, how, how valuable for kids. Unfortunately, the world goes so much faster now, though, too. And we don't have time to slow down and think because everything's coming at us. And Clients know that um, you've got your phone in your hand or you've got email and why has he not responded to my email? Nights, weekends, people expect an immediate response. I guess it's kind of a double-sided question, but how do you try to limit distractions? And then another thing I was curious about that we've talked about before is how do you go about organizing and planning, whether it be your time or the materials, anything like that? I myself am good at um, compartmentalizing and um, I can take chunks of time and say, this is what I'm, my goal is. This is what I'm going to accomplish during this chunk of time. And I can put my distractions aside, not check my computer, not check my phone, and get my work done. Um, that's how I structure my time and, and, and stay away from distractions. Mm, yeah, I think that's important. So just setting aside, especially when we talk about how technology can just be all-consuming, just setting some time to say, I'm not going to get on my phone. I'm not going to check email. 
social media, text, whatever. And I think having Jake, I think you're good at this too, is having lists, mm -hmm. having goals, mm -hmm. um, written, setting, setting, uh, time limits. Mm -hmm. I'll give myself an hour and make a list of things that I want to accomplish in that hour. And then I can go and check my phone and get, check my emails, but it's just, um, structuring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like putting everything in my calendar, whether it be like in like things for fun or things that I'm trying to do for, to be productive for work and things like that. I think that it's helpful because it sort of gives you that balance and it also doesn't make, let you say if you have some fun activity plan with friends, it kind of shows you um, if you, whether you need a time restriction on it or not, it kind of, I think having a time uh, for it lets you, mm, I would say just be aware of enjoying the time and not letting it, 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 it slip away, I suppose, just to take advantage of that, I guess. I avoid distractions by just telling people I'm not available. Um, if somebody calls, tell them I'm, I'm in a meeting or I'm not available. Take a message. I try to not look at the little light on my phone that tells me I have a new voicemail message. I try not to look at my computer that tells me I have a new email. And how I plan out my days and weeks, uh, most people and some people in my family make fun of me because of technology that's out there that I don't take advantage of but I actually print my monthly calendar and visualize it and take a look at it and say, okay, in two weeks, I see I've got this. It's just easier for me to look at it on a piece of paper. I also keep a to-do list in my back pocket all the time. Most people are better at putting their little lists on their phone. I prefer to write it down on a piece of paper. And, and when I think of something, I try to write it down. And of course, you'll find as you age that you don't remember things as well. So I get the little piece of paper out of my back pocket and I write down whatever I need to remind myself of and something maybe I need to put on my calendar, but I don't have time to do it, but I'll write it down on my list. And when I get back to my calendar, I'll put it on there. Mm -hmm. It's like a friend of mine and I were talking about, uh, there's a productivity system in which one of the main components is mind like water where they say, you know, you want your mind to be flowing freely, freely to think of new ideas and be at your most productive. And the only way to do that is to note down the things that are, I think that we all know the feeling of like having things floating around in your head that you don't want to forget. And so I agree. I think it's really important to write things down and get something like out of your mind and whether it's on the paper or on the, like the notes section of your phone or anything like that, just getting it so that you're not trying to use your mind as something to keep ideas that you could just have written down or something like that. That reminded me of something, Jake. I've, I've always heard people talk about keeping a piece of paper and a pen by, by the bed mm -hmm. because people wake up in the middle of the night and something really worries them mm -hmm. and they can't go back to sleep because they're worried about it. Yeah. So I've heard you wake up, you write that down and you go back to sleep and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Jake, something else that you're good at and that um, I think helps us keep distractions at bay and keeps us structured is to build in your daily routines. Mm -hmm. So every day, maybe, maybe you wake up at the same time, you have your exercise routine, your uh, getting ready for work routine, your work routines, obviously, and then your after work routines. I think that helps keep us structured. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so this is kind of a different question, but something I as you guys know, like to think about is the sorts of issues that we're going to face as we go towards the future, because I think that it's especially interesting, interesting to me with how much technology uh, is changing things. But <clears throat> where I'm going with that is uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of new industries and new careers as time goes on. And I think that people are going to be exposed to so many different careers, but 
have you seen new careers? Why well, I know that you have in some way because think about the fact that I know friends of mine or people my age that their job might be their full-time career might be something based on social media. And so that's something that's very new. Is there industries you've seen pop up and what do you, what do you, what do you think about that in the context of your careers as well? One thing I've really noticed is of course, baby boomers, which are, uh, I know I was at 63. I'm the uh, end of the baby boomers. I'm not sure when, when exactly that era started, but they're all aging. And what we've all noticed is there's going to be increasing healthcare needs. And I don't know if everybody have noticed, but when you drive around any town anymore, take note of the assisted living facilities that are popping up all over the place. And healthcare is going to change, I think, dramatically based upon technology. And there are a lot of new career opportunities out there. Of course, IT um, department, there never used to be an IT department. Now there are huge IT departments, um, information technology. That's a new career that I've seen. And of course, technology has changed everything. Engineering, architecture. I mean, a lot of people used to do that stuff with a with a piece of paper and a, and a, a ruler. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing all that stuff with the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, architecture, medicine, uh, and of course, technology opportunities. Yeah, that's another interesting wrinkle, just kind of like you talked about earlier, how you now, and you were talking about the difference between when uh, you used to have to have someone take a note for you that someone called and then call them back later, as opposed to having them text you or call you uh, or whatever. It's also a big difference in the fact that you can work from anywhere now too. You can work from home, you can work when you're on vacation and it's positive, but I think it's also sort of negative as well. But that's another place where I think a lot of people more and more have careers and don't even have an office. They just kind of work remotely all the time. So that's a a new advantage to the world we're living in too. That's so, so true, Jake. And that's only happened in the last 25 years. I mean, when I was at the office was the only time I could get my email mm-hmm. and then I'd go on vacation and I would come home and have 300 emails to clean up, but I didn't, I couldn't remote in, I couldn't get them on my phone and I couldn't get them remotely. Uh, and of course, oh, in about 1996 uh, when um, Windows 95 or Windows 98, Windows 98 came out in 98. I mean, and that was revolutionary and you still couldn't remote in. I mean, it's only been in the last 10 years or 15 that you could remote into the office and and work remotely. And so it's also enabled a lot of stay at home moms and other people Mm -hmm. to be part of the workforce that were never given the opportunity to be part of the workforce. Entrepreneurship is bigger and different than it's been before because I think that if you were to kind of have an avatar of the entrepreneur of the 2010s and the the entrepreneur of like maybe the 80s and 90s, it would be some, I think of entrepreneurs Um, if I'm thinking about the eighties and nineties of someone owning a brick and mortar store, owning their own retail store or something like that. And now I think of it more as someone who owns more so a business that's intellectual property than anything. Uh, there is still plenty of physical stores, brick and mortars and things like that retail service industry. But I think more and more uh, owning a business just means owning intellectual property and having ideas and branding and stuff of that nature. I see the service um, businesses growing also. You see people want their services provided more readily, more so than Mm -hmm. ever, whether it's food delivery or um, some other type of delivery or having your nails done or massage. Well, just like Amazon, Amazon's the service industry. I don't think people would necessarily think that first and foremost, but that's essentially what they are. All right, so winding down here, um, I think that this is another thing that's sort of been an all-encompassing theme, but I wanted to ask more specific question about 
And that's how do you go about uh, setting and achieving goals? Is it something that's more abstract or is it something that is a clear focus where it's written down and it's specific word for word? It's a visual ability to look at what I want to do and who I need to call rather than trying to rely upon technology. It's right there in front of me in black and white. Yeah. And you sort of mentioned another thing that I like to say is, or I try to prioritize is addition by subtraction, where sometimes if you write those things out, you might realize that something that you've been thinking about doing isn't that important. Either number one, isn't that important or number two, maybe it literally just takes like three minutes and you just need to set aside the time right then and there to do it. Yep. Goal setting. I think goal setting becomes more fun as you come to the end of your career. Um, you can broaden your horizons when it comes to goal setting. Goal setting as a younger person is maybe uh, more narrowly focused on your career. And as you get to the end of your career, you can broaden that scope and set your goals to something outside of your career. But yeah, goals are something that you should always have. I think they're always best to be written down. Mm -hmm. And the steps, what steps are you going to take to reach that goal? Yeah, I know that I've made the most improvements in my life from, uh, I, I just used the new, the new year this year to write down some goals and I put them in my journal. And so I look at them once or twice every day. And I think that that's really helpful in just remembering what your goals are and also just making sure that they're a focused and tangible thing rather than you know, if I said I wanted to, like, for example, if I talk about my fitness goals, if I said, I want to get stronger, I want to get more muscle. Well, that's not a clear enough goal to really inspire you. But if you say, I want to lift this much, or I want to, you know, run this marathon or whatever, having specific goals like that, I think are the, the most key way to achieving them, I suppose. And for younger people, as, as both my wife and I see now in our 50s, is financial goals also. Um, you'll really be shocked if you start saving money in your 20s and realize the compounding of money 30 years later. Something you always hear is that either number one, you people never regret investing or putting away a lot of money when they're young, or number two, they wish they would have done it more. I've never heard, I mean, it just, you just, it just doesn't exist. You don't hear someone say, I put away too much money or save too much money. That's just not a thing. And so I think the most you can put away, the better. And it's so, it's, it's almost criminal how easy it is now. Like with Amazon Prime, for example, you could go and spend $200 on there and you could get, you know, whatever things you want in the mail tomorrow. And that's so much more tempting than putting away $200 to, to hopefully see it grow to $300 in, in, a, in a few years time which goes back to like the short-term versus long-term gratification. And so I think that it's important to just always remind yourself that long-term thinking always wins out for the most part. All right, so before I ask my last question, I wanna ask you both separately. So mom, what, what one piece of advice would you give like a 22 or 23 year old first time teacher? And then I'll ask the same to dad. I would say continue learning. Like I said earlier, whether that's going back to school and taking classes or just keeping up with current literature and surround yourself with positive people. Mm -hmm. That would be my biggest advice. Easy to get up, caught up in negativity. In yes, that way. it is. Stay positive, rise above, take the high road, um, surround yourself with those people who inspire you and are your models and um, stay positive. 
kind of what advice would you give to, I guess, once you go to three more years of school, 25 or 26 year old um, starting attorney? Well, one thing Julie has always said, and it's resonated with me, and that is you are your own best resource. You should be the first one there and the last one to leave when you're early in your career. And when I joined my partner, he was in his 50s and I was 28 years old. And by golly, I beat him to work. And there were a lot of days that bugged the heck out of me how long he was there, but I wouldn't leave until he did. Now, of course, I got to be honest, he walked out at six o'clock and I'd walk out at 602, but I wasn't going to be, let him be the first one to get there or the last one to leave. And if you have that work ethic, intelligence, dedication, then they'll make you a partner. Mm -hmm. And that's how you make more money. And it's not all about the money. That's right. In mind, there's work hard, persevere, be productive, be kind to people around you. Know that it's not all about you. Be part of a greater community and build your own positive culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say that uh, there's a quote where um, I can't remember exactly who's it, who it's attributed to, but the person that the person that does more than they're paid for will soon be paid for more than they do. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, so I think I think to sum it up, you both just kind of said just really care about what you're doing. And there's a lot of different ways to show you care, but I think that that always rises to the surface. And so as we quickly wrap up here. Um, I'll ask you both what you want to be your story at the end of your careers. Like I always ask everyone what they want their, their story to be at the end of the podcast. I'm sure that it's somewhat well written now, but what do you hope that other people take away? The most important thing to me is integrity and honesty. Um, and in the practice of law, people can be dishonest and de- deceit, uh, deceitful and devious. Uh, I want people to say he was a good guy. He was a, a great lawyer and he was honest as the day is long. That's what's important to me, my integrity. And my father, Jake's grandfather, always used to say, there's one thing somebody cannot take away from you, and that's your honor. Mm-hmm. And what I want people to remember about me when I retire is I want people to say she was kind, and she worked hard, she was passionate, and um, she did she did her best. But I want people to know that I was kind and thoughtful and I Mm -hmm. always worked hard for my kids, my students. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks guys. I hope that this can be some good advice for someone out there who is trying to find their way or is currently on the path to try and reach some of their goals. And as always, hope you tune in next week. Bye guys. This has been the What's Your Story podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, uh, share with family and friends and leave me a review. I really appreciate any and all feedback. Thanks.